introductions are crucial. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So today we have a social media expert with years and years of experience within the media and dealing with public relations and has the most inspirational bio on LinkedIn. It's Mr. Marcus Nash. How are you, mate? I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. How was your workout this morning? It was really good, Kyle. Yeah, I like to get up early. I like to get myself up and in there, train uh, nice and bright and get myself motivated for the day that lies ahead. So, yeah, I like coming into work, having had a bit of food and having had a workout um, and really ready, ready to go. Yeah. How would you say what made you want to work out in the morning versus working out at the evening? What was the, what was the thought behind that? For me, it's more of a case that I like to get up and it's more of a get up, make your bed, have a light breakfast, go work out and go and get like, I'll go and buy my lunch in the morning um, so that I've kind of like, I'm now prepared right up to leaving work. If that makes sense in terms of food, workouts done. Uh, the minute I leave work, I can literally put my feet up and watch the Champions League game tonight. So it's that sort of mindset of not having too much in my way. If the phone goes or if something's something comes up, I don't need to go, oh, I need to go to the gym later. You know, so it's done uh, and nobody's going to ask me to do it at six in the morning. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I'd be very surprised if somebody was like, yeah, we need you to come into work at that time. You're like, but I don't start for hours and hours and hours, you know what I mean? <laughs> I would, uh, I'd be so surprised if the general public are up reading anything at that time. But, hey. Oh, 100%. So like I had I do have questions I was going to ask and I have like things I was going to ask but like there was stuff we had we had a chat before the actual podcast started about you know things you appeared on and things like that would you so you you were on telly pretty much at the age of five or six did you say I was on stage so I started on stage at the age of five in the King's Theatre um, and Oliver Twist and I think it all see if I'm being honest I was a really confident hyperactive young boy and my mum just put me into drama groups. Um, and I remember going into a group called the Apollo Players uh, and they'd done a production of Oliver Twist and I was a small part in Fagan's Gang and I think I was only five in the King's Theatre and it sort of just went from there to um, I got a part in Disney's first ever tour of Beauty and the Beast and I was Chip the Teacup so that was that was huge because it was I think I was only about eight um, working for Disney uh, and it was fantastic that was in Edinburgh Playhouse and then that led on to like the King and I, I was a big part in that back in the Kings and it was really just between the age of five to about 11 on and off big stage productions um, and then I started to get into short films, then I get picked up by Half Moon Investigations which is a CBBC kids drama uh, and that led on to River City, Erskine adverts, a part in the film Neds and it just, it just over the course of my teenage years um, kept getting little parts here and there, speaking parts and acting films, TV shows, adverts, you name it. And I think that kind of continued right up to, I was about 21, 22. And I finished off with an Erskine advert um, for the Veterans Charity. And it's still on television every couple of months. And it's still on things like Rangers TV as well, which is obviously yeah. crazy. Because <laughs> I work for Hamilton, but you know I'm not in control of where that goes. So, but no, it's uh, I've got an interesting past that, I don't open up too much about but there you go you certainly do yeah so what made you want to move from um being in kind of like the acting role and kind of go the other way and kind of kind of necessarily talking about what happens like being in communications and stuff for Hamilton academical what made you want to move you know from one kind of side of it to the other um I think it goes back to probably when I was in CBBC's Half Moon uh and I was like because I was on the set every day I was a big part in that I was in eight episodes so 
uh, I ended up really envying what the guys in the sound do, what these camera guys are doing, what how you know the walkie-talkies that these production managers are running about with, and just the behind the scenes to me looked interesting because I was in front of the camera performing a script and there was like 20 people behind the camera. So I was like, whoa, you know, there's more happening over there. Um, and I like to be hands-on, you know, and being an actor is a, can be a lonely job. If anybody's ever seen, if you've seen Friends, mm. the whole Joey Tribbiani lifestyle, I've been on it, I've done this in an SFA podcast and I said the same thing. It's, it's, it's a true lifestyle. You are really li literally waiting by that phone to ring. Did I get the part? When's the next edition? And then you get a part and you get good money. You know, say you get £3,000 for an advert. It takes you two days filming. But you don't get another job for three months. So if you put that equivalent to national minimum wage or normal wage, uh, you know, it's, it's just the same. There's nothing really there. So as I got older, I started to think about my future and a backup plan, as my parents kept saying, get a backup plan, get a backup plan. Mm. Um, got involved in media, worked in a hotel for a while, doing like operation management, a bit of marketing for them, and then got the real feel to it. Um, and then I came into Hamilton three years ago, and they never had a media department. So I was sort of pitching myself, as well as pitching a media department to them. And luckily, they believed in me. And, you know, I'd like to say we're in terms of the media industry, we're probably one of the most respected media teams in the league because we have came from absolutely nothing three years ago to getting a couple of million views and all our social media videos. We've lost ACD now. Who would have thought? And yeah, it's, um, we're well respected within journalists and broadcasters in this industry. Yeah, you certainly are, yeah. One thing I am curious about, though, is um, what, what made you want to get involved with Hamilton Football Club? Uh, that's a quite a unique story, actually. So I was working for a company called Premier Suites, which is a service departments company. That's the place I was referring to when I say I was the operations manager and dealing with all the marketing. And the uh, stadium manager here, Jimmy Thompson, he had stayed for a night, basically, and I got to know him. He's like, oh, I'm the stadium manager at Hamilton. And I got speaking to him. And he really was a likable, likable guy first and foremost, you know, and he started telling me about the charity projects that Hamilton do, the community side of the club, uh, all the stuff that they do with the, the community trust and the children's charity blameless. And so we were like, we'll give you a free penthouse stay to auction off, a big do, um, which is called the Scott Ball that Hamilton did every year pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and that was that. And then initially I'd contacted him back for our thing that we were raising for the Glasgow Royal Children's Hospital. And I says, can I get a signed ball? Yeah, no problem. And then it exchanged into visiting games, getting hospitality. And I sort of became friends with this guy. Um, and one day I was honestly at wit's end, uh, really, really, really depressed at one point a few years ago. And I was just in a situation where I was like, do I want to continue this job? I miss the acting. How can I combine these two? How can I combine corporate and enjoying working within, you know, um, an art. And uh, I messaged Jimmy, he brought me in, he introduced me to the chief exec here, Colin McGowan, and the rest is really history, you know. Um, I didn't walk into a big paying job, if I'm being honest, and Hamilton will testify to that. I came in and I worked a couple of months for free, um, just to prove myself. Wow. Uh, so I really left a, I left a £20,000 a year job, mm -hmm. no guarantees, I took a massive, massive risk. Um, and I worked for three months for basically nothing, expenses. And then Hamilton 
we're like, right, stuff's happening here. Let's get him on some sort of wage. And then it's just built up over the years now. And obviously, here I am. So, I yeah, I always tell people that when it comes to, when it comes to getting a job that you really like, really want or you're aiming to be, it's not you shouldn't necessarily look at like the paycheck that you know anyone else is earning or what the job is. You kind of need to like actually love what you do to then eventually get the big paycheck. So you'd like you know yourself, you do actually need to work for free. And obviously, that guy actually had a, a seen it in you that you obviously were willing to work hard and build something and you obviously have built something so they started you know obviously paying you better and things like that yeah the thing yeah it's that's it I, I sort of took myself back to school you know um sometimes it doesn't matter what you've got in your education certificates people want to see your work face on and you know and really see the trust in you um, and it, you know i think it shows you how kind of far we've went from just doing a couple of videos to players to really really being the manager's right-hand man when it comes to his PR and any time that Brian speaks to the press or any time that Brian's, you know, needing anything in, in terms of um, communications, I'm there. Same as the players and same as, doesn't matter if it's the academy here or if it's the chairman or the chief exec or, or the girls at the front needing something. We're all one team, so uh, need to muck up and get on with it. Yeah, it's like, it's, like having a, it's like having a family away from your family type of thing, especially in like, especially with social media considering... Well, as you'll know yourself, you can say something and before, like if you said some, anything online, before you know it, you know, millions of people seen it and then Hamilton could come back at you and be like, why did you say that? You know what I mean? Like, what did you do? And do you think that plays a lot when it comes to getting jobs as well? Like what you say on social media has to necessarily be at like a, a level, like kind of like a level, you shouldn't really go above it. I'm talking about like, you know, going on about how you go drinking every weekend and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. That shouldn't necessarily be online. It should be kept like, you know, offline type thing. Yeah, I was quite lucky. I didn't really put, I didn't really showcase uh, too much of my personal, personal life in social media. It's always, um, I was like, oh, I'm here, or here's a photo of my dog, or you know, something like that. It was always, it was never a case of uh, I'm out of the weekend, and, and I've never ever been that guy. It was out every weekend anyway, to be honest. But yeah, you're, you're spot on. And obviously, in this day and age now, where social media is basically the number one topic in the news especially right now after that social media boycott that we've all just taken part in. I've, I've just taken part in, the club's taken part in, but, you know, I've only been on social media this morning really posting anything. Um, and you're right, and it goes, you know, it go, go, goes a long way. Social media, it's one of the best things that's ever been invented, but I must say um, it's probably one of the worst as well. And I do think that the social media companies need to do so much more um, uh, in, in fixing that because... People are sitting there right now struggling with reading certain things in line. It doesn't matter if you're a player. It doesn't matter if you're a staff member. I think everybody thinks that we're all invincible and we earn 150 grand a year. We don't. Um, words can be really hurtful. You know, I've, I, I've had it um, off of home and away supporters. But my hair, um, about, you know, I think it's no secret that everybody in football supports a team. Um, I grew up a Rangers and a Liverpool fan, um, and the Hamilton fans know that. Uh, but sometimes people can't really accept that. But I mean, when you work for a club, and I point to that badge because I love this club, um, you really, really, really fall in love with the family, the feel, how much it means. Um, and I think for the rest of my life, I'll always want Hamilton to play in the top flight, and I'll always be a fan of some sort, no matter what. Yeah, exactly. As as you said from your hair as well, I'm actually natural red hair, but I shaved my head off about 
two years ago during like just before the first lockdown and I've kind of just kept it short ever since because to be honest it just I don't know I, I I just decided to to be honest with you but something that's yeah interesting you said there about like um you know how it's Hamilton's like a like a family and stuff like that was it like that as soon as you started was everybody like a family or was did it take them a while to like get to know you and stuff like that if that makes sense um I think anywhere you go it takes a while to build trust with certain people um and maybe that's just their way of training you as well and teaching you the morals of the football club. So no, I wouldn't say that I walked in and I was able to just walk about and be respected and, and, and do what I wish. No, absolutely not. I had to earn that respect. I had to show that trust. I had to get to know certain people and give them their places. You know, you need to always be cautious in this industry. People have been here for 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And, and although they may do a different job now, you may be done, you're maybe doing their job that they once did. Or they maybe did a little bit of the media before there was a media department and anything really. So not in this club, so in any club in football, it's all about trust and respect. And with that comes loyalty. Um, and once you build that, yeah, that family feels second to none. But yeah, I got that vibe straight away that it was a good club to work for. Um, but everybody just didn't like anywhere. They make you work for that. Yeah. Would you, something I'm always, something I was really interested in as well is that obviously, um, you've got you've got not only got like the players and the staff and stuff like that but you've got like a huge fan base as necessarily like the club and everybody like that would you necessarily say sometimes you need to watch what you say because they might react a certain way not just Hamilton itself like the football club might react or does that not do you just kind of like have to go day by day by that type of thing um yeah you need to watch what you say um of course we, if we're in a bad mood we, I can't bring it into work because you know, you're, what if I'm taking a play to the press and he's like, oh, Marcus, how are you today? Oh, you know, I'm absolutely rubbish and this is happening and he's this and he's that. And I'm putting that into their head. Mm-hmm. So when they're going to, you know, uh, they're always going to lean on us for a positive bounce. So no, I'm, I'm the type of guy, it's, oh, how are you doing? How's your day? What did you do at the weekend? You know, and that's just, that's all about positives, keeping yourself yourself and not really throwing too much on to other people. Um, yeah. Obviously, we all have bad days, but... Yeah, I think we've got, especially in my position and Nicholas that works with me and the other guys that work with me, we need to really be careful. Yeah, um, I have to respect that as well. The fact how you don't necessarily, like you kind of, not like you'd leave it at the door, but like you, you know, you kind of have to sometimes and then because other people, like you said, rely on you to like be this positive influence and like help them. So you don't want to like, you know, give them a negative face side of things. You want to just keep that to the door. And then once you're at work, it's kind of like, like I'm here to help you type thing. That's it. That's it. Yeah, we, we're we're all we're all one we're all one family, um, and that's it. You need to any club you go with, uh, players, staff, medical staff. You need to all be kind of united as one and, and bounce off each other. If you don't, it doesn't really work. And I think that's how football clubs and sport teams and and industries like that work. In fact, any any team, not just sport, any anywhere I've worked in my past, from one of my first jobs at Carphone Warehouse to working with. Working with um, Premier Suites to any acting job, the most important thing to getting the best out of your product or the best out of your team is to mingle together as one and and not have that egotistical attitude that you're better than somebody, um, no matter what. Because when there's, pardon the pun, when there's one rat in the in the pack, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. You're screwed. Yeah. I got a surprise question. I think that's something that I have, I've actually asked people before. What would you say is your biggest flaw? My biggest flaw? Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's, it's one of those questions that people are like, oh, did you really ask that? But it, it's something I think if you can identify your biggest flaw, it's actually quite good because then you can work to overcome it every day type thing. Absolutely. Um, I think my biggest flaw is probably being, and I know this sounds silly, mm-hmm. well, too passionate. All being right, too okay. passionate. Caring, not so much caring too much, but sometimes I find it hard to take a back step and, and not worry. Um, you know, if I know, you know, for example, last week, Brian, you know, our manager was up for a disciplinary thing about something he said in the press. So I was worrying about that. Mm. It's not something I talk to people and hear about. Mm. You know, I was worrying, how are we going to get through this tomorrow? How, what's the outcome going to be? You know, we need, we need our head coach. We need him in the dugout. How many games is he going to get banned? And I'm sitting worrying about that. Of course, he's probably worrying about that in his own bed as well. Mm. But yeah just things like that and it's not that I don't, I, you know i don't want to not care too much but i think sometimes switching off is crucial and um, yeah and yeah i've done a lot better with that lately certainly this year as i said to you before that you know i've started this year i changed my diet and i really intensed my gym performance and getting up earlier and stuff like that um and that's helped massively because if i'm being honest once i get home at like four or five o'clock I usually have dinner and end up falling asleep. And that's me. My day's yeah, over. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's probably, I would like to learn to let go a little bit. But then, you know, maybe that's the key to the good things that we've done here. Thing is, though, with, yeah, exactly, like you said, and obviously you're, you're with being an acting and that you've always had to, like, kind of, be passionate because if you're not passionate about acting you just won't be you won't be that good to be perfectly honest with you and then obviously now you're in again you're in another kind of spotlight position so technically you could say you're still an acting type thing but you know you're obviously that you know you work with a lot of kids and stuff like that the academical side of things what would you say is like something you tell them to like keep them kind of positive and going every day like or you know when you see them in that um, I think the kids, when I'm in the academy nights or if I'm doing it and we're at the community football and that, um, I'm quite lucky because the kids know me because I present Aki's TV. So anytime they're watching an Aki's game, it's me every game. So uh, so they see that. So obviously, and because of my head as well, I stand out like sort of bum. So as soon as I walk in, they usually know who you are. Um, and I always get that, ah, how are you doing? You know, because I'm not one of the guys that kind of blends in. I'm always like, hi, how are you? How, what are you doing today? How was your, how was your weekend? What are you up to? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that comes from the academy director, George Kearns, to be honest, because he is this such a loud, big personality guy. It's in this club every day. He's in all day, all night. Honestly, I, I, we all do a lot of hours, but I don't want to know how many George has done over these full 16 years or whatever he's been at Hamilton. Because, but his energy and his drive and his passion for the academy um, and it's academy, academy, academy. You know, when you come in the door here, it's, yeah, football, there's the first team, there's, you know, there's your manager, there's your players, but here's an academy. So it's split right down the middle. So it's not like a case of some clubs where it's like, you know, 90% first team and 10% academy. No chance. It's probably here, 33% first team, 33% academy, and 33% community trust and blameless charities. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. And so, like... You know, obviously, we'll probably have people watching this that want to be in positions like yourself. You know, want to work with a club they truly like, a club they truly love, and then a job they actually, you know, wake up every morning, every day, and they're like, "Wow, I want to aim towards that job, and I want to be able to, you know, get that job." And obviously, they'll hear your story as well. 
So what would you say, what kind of things people need to go about when it comes to getting their dream job? Would you say there's like a, a certain steps you need to take or, you know, what, what's your personal opinion on that? My personal opinion is learn every part of the job. Mm-hmm. Don't be good at just editing. Mm-hmm. Don't be good at just interviewing. Don't be good at writing a match report or, a, or an interview. Don't be just good at doing a podcast. Don't be good at um, communications. Be good at all of it. Learn a wee bit of everything. You don't need to be an expert in an individual field. Yeah. Go out and learn everything so that if my camera guy doesn't turn up or if if Nicholas isn't, my assistant isn't here to do stuff, I can do it all. I can literally set the camera up, interview the manager, take the memory card out, edit it, publish it in social media. So I know bigger clubs maybe have the, the, the budgets to to have a guy that's just a videographer and to have a graphic guy. And But for us, we don't. So I think what it's taught me here is to not make yourself indispensable because that's I don't think that exists. I think anybody's replaceable in life if you become complacent. Yeah, but yeah. certainly learn every little aspect of your field and you don't need to know everything 100%. Just know a little bit of everything and be willing to do everything um, yeah. so that people see a value in you. So it's like di- diversifying your skills type thing. Yeah, that's that's what I had to come across with obviously creating this podcast and the other thing. I was like, do I just upload it on that channel and then it gets disappeared and stuff? But I was like, no, but if I diversify and build a portfolio of something else, it you know, can help and inspire and motivate people, especially speak people speaking to people like yourself, to be honest with you. No, that's that you need to stay on top of everything. Honestly, it doesn't get easier. It doesn't it really doesn't get easier if you if you if you start to take your foot off the pedal, you'll slow down. Hmm. What, what, what would you say keeps you motivated every day? Because I know you hear people saying about, some people say it's my family and then I actually got asked this yesterday and I said it's being able to wake up every morning because some people don't. So like for me personally, that's that's a privilege. But what would you personally say is your actual like, this is, you know, we'll say maybe a couple of things because one thing's maybe hard to pinpoint. So maybe we'll say like a three or four things that actually keeps you going like every single day. Uh, probably progression, seeing things grow. Um, seeing myself grow, whether that's muscles in the gym, um, more views and videos, more subscribers to Aki's TV, um, more people liking your content, uh, anything that's kind of got a development path and seeing things grow and then seeing it dip and then going, right, how did I fix that? Well, before I fix that, there's something wrong with me. So I'm going to fix myself. I'm going to think how I do that and how I, how can I change? How can I be more positive to get that growing again? What do we need to do different? What are other teams doing? So for me, it's probably the, the pathway of growing, mm. whatever that is, just, just seeing things develop. I love it. You know, Nicholas, the young lad that works with me, um, he was in the city of Glasgow College um, right. doing a journalism course, which I think was maybe just a HND course. Um, we went in there last year. We got him in as an intern. The young kids, I say young kid, I think he's 18, 19. He's been here since he was, he's been here now about 18 months, Nicholas, or maybe just under 18 months. And he's now here 20 hours a week and doing his degree, getting paid, earning a job and watching him grow and watching him hopefully get my job, hopefully fight for my job. That inspires me. That really inspires me. And some people might think otherwise and think threatened and, oh, you know, you know, keep him on his keep him down a pedal but no I, I really want him to push me because he pushes me and, it, and it's really good to see that me and the club gave him that chance and he's taken it and 
he's probably going to be in this industry for a long time, hopefully. Yeah, that's that's the difference because you speak to a lot of people and it's about being, oh, I'm jealous of this, but it's like, that's such a horrible thing. You have to be envious because obviously he might be envious of you. I mean, like, because he will look up to you and be like, look at where you started and then considering, you know, where you are now, he might be like, that might have, that probably does inspire him to like, come up and work harder and, you know, work harder, you know, at college and stuff like that. Definitely. Yeah, I personally say. Absolutely, yeah. What would you say, like, is something you like really want to do as a kid? Take away acting, because obviously you wanted to be an actor, but take away acting. What else would you say you really wanted to be when you were a kid? Like, I wanted to be a firefighter. That was my number one job. Yeah. Uh, wow. Wow. I was, I was obsessed with it growing up before the acting, before anything. It was always firefighter. And I think that was partly, I went to a school in the West End called Kelvin Hall Primary. Mm-hmm. And just at the bottom of our playground, there was a kind of, bushes in a wall but there was a gap in the fence maybe about five feet and it was down it was a 20 foot drop and it was actually into the back court of the fire york hill fire station oh, so yeah. every day i seen them running into the engines and i heard the alarms and i just became obsessed you know and then i was watching london's burning on sunday nights after casualty and uh yeah i always always wanted to be a firefighter however that never then came with me into my teenage years so I've never applied. I've never tried out. Um, I, I'm still envious of them. You know, I still, I think every time, because of, that's a childhood thing, every time I see a fire engine and that, you know, I'm always kind of, you know, I always am kind of looking at it. So yeah, yeah, I, I got the Scottish Fire and Rescue. I've got a lot of respect for them. A hundred percent. Yeah. The gym I train at, we have a look um, because it's in Glen Office, in Glen Office and it's near, uh, it's actually near the fire station, but I know a lot of guys that work in Perth Fire Station and all that in a, uh, Whereas the one, it's in Upton Mufti, they actually train at our gym and they're huge guys, but like they're, they're, I mean, you could go and have a conversation with them and they're probably the nicest people ever, but there has been times where they've literally dropped weights and run out. And I'm like, before I knew they're firefighters, I was like, what on earth are they doing? And then the guy I trained with was like, yeah, they're firefighters, by the way. And I was like, all oh, right, okay, so you're going to put their weights back and stuff because you're like, they can save your life one day, you know? Why they left their dumbbells on the floor? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, who did who did you look up to as a kid every day? We'll say we'll start with non-celebrity wise, and then we'll say celebrity wise. Who would you look up to personally as a kid every day? Oh, number one's my mum. Number one, she, I'm exactly uh, just a strong, strong woman. Uh, she never let a setback affect me and my sister, no matter what. You know, mm-hmm. she was always um, always one of the best for us, even if it meant she had nothing. Um, we, my mum and dad, um, my dad had sort of like small gambling issues years ago and he's, he, I'm very, very delighted that he's overcame that and what a man he is today. Yeah, um, but he had some gambling issues years ago and then the divorce and mum's money was running low and she never once thought about pulling me out of drama school. Um, you know, she, she worked hard to, to pay for my private drama lessons and you know, for that, I've always got to be thankful for her. So I guess that's probably another thing, going back to what you say, what motivates you. Probably that. I don't want to let her down. And she sees me in this industry, and she feels as if it's a big part of her because what she's, she's you know, she's pushed me to be something different um, and creative. And that's testimony to my mum. So she's the number one there before we go into any celebrities, yeah. Yeah, that's... that's yeah, cause that, it makes a lot of sense now when you say that because obviously without her pushing you every single day, you might have, 
you know, pardon me saying, but you might have slacked off a little bit and then be like, oh, you know what? You know, I've not got like that person pushing me towards that. I'm going to go to something else. But then it might not have, well, it definitely wouldn't have took you into the path you went into and being on all these programs because not anybody can just appear on these programs. You know, you need to actually be good and have the craft and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess, I guess you, need to, you need to want it. You need to have a little bit of a talent. But uh, I do think that if anybody, you know, if anybody does want to then get into acting, you certainly can, gritty realism sometimes can get you picked up. You know, uh, the film Neds, most of the supporting actors in Neds, i.e. not the main, main characters, um, were all boys off the street. And that was Peter Mullen, um, Peter Mullen's way of doing it because he wanted gritty realism. So the boy who played the main character in the film Neds uh, genuinely had absolutely no acting experience prior to that. And there was a couple of other main characters, the exact same, probably at least five to 10 main roles. Some of them have went on to continue the acting career. Some haven't. But so yeah, obviously having a craft and stuff's good. But I wouldn't rule out raw talent mm. as well. Yeah, like some people say, I tell a lot of people that they want to get into singing and music and that. And a lot of people actually say that oh, you need to have like you need to have, you know, you need to have a talent. But in the other sense of it, I always say yeah, but you can be taught it, like taught how to do that as long as like you work every single day at it. You can't just wake up one day and be like, I want to be as big as, for example, you know, Jay-Z or a girl or Beyonce. You can't do that. You need to like start at day one and then work your way up slowly, slowly, slowly progress. Yeah, you've got to. You've got to, I think you've also got to keep your back against the wall at all times. Keep your back against the wall, stick to your goal um, and really have a positive mindset that you can and you will do better. And, you know, it's like, the best way to describe this is like going to the gym, right? And I know it keeps coming back to gym talk. No, no, it's, it's... It's quite easy to grow muscles in your arms, in your shoulders, and your chest, but it's not quite easy to lose the fat in your stomach and get abs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Everybody wants a six-pack, mm-hmm. but not everybody gets a six-pack because they give up with the process and they give up trying to get it because it's, listen, it's the hardest thing to get. 100%. But over time, it starts to develop. And then you see the little you know two squares in your stomach and that motivates you to try and get four and then try and get six Mm -hmm. so i think the point that i'm trying to stress here is the road can be as long as it's going to be but if you give up halfway you won't get the goal so you need to really you know just keep your foot on the pedal no matter what no matter how tired you are keep your foot on the pedal keep growing keep working hard um, and you'll get there one day whatever your dream is whether that's playing for Scotland as a football player or, or being the head of communications for Hibs, for example, or, 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 or Hearts or anybody, you know, that, that doesn't really matter. Um, if you get a goal, you'll get there, but don't think you're going to wake up tomorrow and it's going to be there because it's not. Yeah, I always say to people, it's like it's like the horse races. The horse have these blinkers on so they can't see anybody. So you kind of need to have blinkers on when you're driven and passionate and not necessarily not care about, you know, mates and drinking and that but you kind of have to take put that to the side if you want to have the jobs that people dream of having because most people don't necessarily care about you know tons of girls drinking or nothing like that they care about getting a job getting their dream job their passion and then anything else that just kind of comes along with it but they still have to have it it's like the it's like the whole uh, wizard of oz thing with the yellow brick road it's like having mm-hmm. that yellow brick road that you kind of need to stick on that road to be able to like lead to like the one place you know what i mean course have have fun but don't have too much fun you know and mm-hmm. um, 
you don't want to also work too much, you know, you don't want to work all your life away and then it's all about work and then you've missed all the good things around you as well. So having a good balance is, is crucial. It is crucial to rewarding yourself. But yeah, as you said, you can't be going out drinking every single weekend and, and still be expecting to be living a, you know, a hard-working lifestyle. And just yeah. by. If, you, if you constantly want to be better than what you were before, then you need to, you need to live in a mindset of, of doing that. Yeah, you need to kind of you need to kind of look at it and like as a progressive pro- progressive lifestyle. Sorry, it's like even though every step you take needs to be that one step that like makes you go further. You don't want to do something, you know, completely. I can't think of anything, but like completely ridiculous and be like, oh wow, that's knocked me one down. I've lost, I've lost everything type thing. You want to keep kind of like making sure it's kind of like living like by rules, but not necessarily by the normal rules, by your own set of rules that you make up every day to kind of like be better and things like that. Yeah, that's it. You live in your own wee bubble. So obviously you, you kind of convince yourself what's right and what's wrong and then you start to find a, a level ground of what actually is right and what's wrong and then stick to it. Hmm, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so who, who did you uh, look, minus obviously your mum, which is amazing. Um, yeah. Mind, mind, who did you look up to celebrity-wise? We'll say like non-sync, well, because some people have like their kind of like acting and then some people have their like kind of singing-wise. We'll do like, but you know who? We'll say like who do you have that wasn't a singer that you look up to as a kid? John Cena. Absolutely. Really? No matter what, John Cena. Because I seen him as this larger than life character. I grew up watching WWE. I was a massive fan of John Cena. Mm-hmm. I loved his respect for the military. Mm-hmm. I loved the fact that he was this big guy, but he just was anything but angry. He was anything but negative. He was always the baby face. He was always the happy guy. Um, then you look into John Cena and I actually think he's granted more make-a-wishes to dying children um, than any other person on this planet. He's number one, yeah. Number one is Charity. Unbelievable. The man is, a, he's just hes just such a motivational person. Uh, now he's in acting and he's doing really well. And yeah, I, I, I met John Cena one, uh, twice I've met him. The first time I met him, I froze. I froze. I really did froze. Um, just because I was so taken aback at how, how much I really admired this guy. Um, and still to this day, he's continuing to be such that jolly, humble guy and, and doing what he does. So, yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people probably look up to John Cena. Yeah, yeah. And he has his, uh, I don't know what his gym is called, but I know he has a gym in his kind of like compound type thing or one of them. And uh, I know that for a fact that if he if you're doing really well in social media type thing, like lifting wise, obviously, he'll and you live near him, he'll necessarily be like, hey, do you want to come to my gym? You know, come and lift with me, or he'll invite people in. And obviously, that's incredible. But um, something else that's interesting now, you said you met him twice. Is it true what people say you shouldn't meet your idols, or would you say that people you should meet your idols? Nah, he, he, I wasn't upset. John Cena had all the time in the day to give a young guy a photo and an autograph. And um, I even had a, obviously, because he's big for the US Marines and the US military. So when he was over here, I gave him a Help for Heroes armband, you know, and, and uh, he oh, what's this? And, you know, he was really, really interested. Um, nah, he's brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant with me. And he's brilliant with every kid that you see. So I can't really say that. I don't think I've had any bad experiences meeting anybody who's, who's quite well known, to be honest. I've, I've always thought people have been very humble for where they are. Um, and yeah, some people have bad days, so there's no point in looking too much into that. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say that, that, you know, saying that, that explains a lot about yourself, especially when we first spoke in that, you were like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll help you in that. And it made me think, you know, 
like I said to you, I was like, like he's he doesn't need to help me, but he's chose to help me. So that's maybe like somebody, as you said, somebody's helped you in your past. You know that guy, and then um, obviously you met John Cena, and he was nice. So people are spending time with you, so you want to like give back, which will make me personally give back to anybody like you know wants to help. You know what I mean? It's a great mindset to be in, absolutely. Oh, 100 percent. So where 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 do you see yourself in five years then? One of those interview job questions. Um, where would you like to see yourself? Well, well, that's a better one. I'd still like to be involved in football. Uh, I absolutely love football and or, football and or sport because anything can happen. Um, I think I, I think as well the, the humbleness and the the fact that. Nothing's guaranteed in my job. If Hamilton get relegated this season and we go down, there's a big chance I might not be here next season. So I think it's just a case of being humble about the job that you're in. But for me, yeah, I'd love to be in the same industry, sticking within football. Scotland, I'm not sure. Probably down south. I'm a big Liverpool fan, so you never know. But, wow. uh, That'd be amazing seeing you on a uh, Liverpool TV or just seeing you anywhere and be like, I actually spoke to him years ago when he worked at Hamilton. This is crazy. No, anywhere that's still involved in this industry um, and helping people and, and again, developing things and progressing things and, and still doing what I'm doing. I, I don't see myself changing career now, to be honest. I really do love it. Good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. It's, it's good to hear hear that from somebody that you know, has had all these wee after after acting, had all these wee jobs, and then found yeah. kind of where he exploded into, and then, you know, is, you know, obviously you do a great job, so it's worth like it's definitely. I would personally say it's definitely worth sticking at something, especially considering you wake up every day being like, you know, I really like what I do, so why would I want to like move industry or anything like that? No, that's it. That's it. You know, I can have there's great days in here and there's horrendous days, but once you go to sleep and you wake up the next day, it's. You put the uniform on again, you know, you're representing the club, you're representing the brand that you work for, and uh, there's no more personal feelings there. You get yourself into a mode of what's best for the club, what's best for the brand, and I think that motivates you to do better and have a good day every day. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you, like, do you keep, see when you're out and about, like, um, you know, anywhere, really, do you always keep in mind that you kind of are representing Hamilton at kind of, like, any, not necessarily everything you do, but, like, a lot of, like, when you're out in the public eye type thing, you know, obviously, if, you know, if you go to bars or if you go to restaurants anywhere, do you always kind of keep in mind that people will know me from Hamilton, so I have to always keep, like, a certain level of respect all the time, do you think? Yeah, obviously, Hamilton being a smaller club and me not actually being a player, yeah, I'm not completely in the spotlight, but yeah. that being said, Scottish football is such a small industry like and what I mean is even the fans everybody knows everybody you just need to take Jimmy Bell from Rangers the kit man he's such a famous figure that everybody knows who he is but he's just a kit man now I do that because listen he's not just a kit man these people are the heart and blood football clubs but yeah you've got to be cautious because people do know you as I said earlier, my hair's ginger, you know that yourself, obviously. So mm. I stand out. So yeah, you've got to always be cautious that, that somebody's watching you. I can't put certain things on Instagram and somebody screenshots that. And so yeah, keep your cards close to your chest. Mm. Be careful and be cautious about the brand that you work for because you're representing them. So it doesn't matter if you work for, you know, it doesn't matter if you work for Hamilton, it doesn't matter if you work for um, Greg's, it doesn't matter who you work for. At the end of the day, you should always be cautious that that um, you can damage your brand's reputation if you go above and be, you know, above the mark, really. Mm. So um, it's just being a bit sensible. But yeah, I don't, I don't do anything that can jeopardize my career because 
as you see with some people in the past, if you do one thing and it's all over the papers, you're finished. Yeah, there's been a lot in that. I don't necessarily want to touch on that, but there was a lot like to involve the footballer, you know, unfortunately. But, you know, um, yeah. have you actually done anything that, or no, because you said more likely, have you actually said anything where you're like, I shouldn't have said that? Or is there more of like, you kind of judge every, you kind of look at everything every day and be like, I kind of like, I, what I said is what I said, so it's nothing bad. Or is there any even a time you're like, whoops, I shouldn't have said that type thing? Whether that be on social media or on or you know in person. Yeah, well, I, I think I think the number one thing would be when I first came into the club, I was always very close to the fans and stuff, and I was always warned, look, that's pretty dangerous. You know, don't get too in because if you get too in, something will happen. You know, and they'll eat you alive, as they say. I still don't believe that to this day. Um, I've but one or two times on social media to trolls people mm-hmm. that you know you don't know who their identity is or or you don't know um, what point they're getting at or, or or you just bite to them and and no matter what somebody taught me a massive lesson I, I deleted Twitter I had a massive setback with all that I had to come off Twitter because of some some stuff and I just it wasn't that I'd done anything too wrong, but I think what most thing that I took for it and back to the academy director here that I tell you, the guy that's larger than life character, and he says, and it's such an interesting one, and I'm sure you and anybody watching this will think this, mm-hmm. what somebody thinks of you doesn't matter. It's none of your business. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that, and I was like, wow, he's right. Mm-hmm. It's none of my business. Now, yeah, it's hurtful reading some things on social media because, you know, nobody sees it. You're in here 50 hours a week and you're taking the laptop home and, you know, really you're, you're work, you're, you've committed your life to the club. But that's not their fault. So if they've got an opinion of you, they're going to say it. Now, if it's harsh and if it's abusive, fine. You know, report the tweet or whatever. But I think biting back's not the answer. And I'm glad I learned that because it made me a better person um, and it took me away and I've took that back seat and I focused more on my job and I focused more on what's best for the club. So yeah, yeah, there has been one or two times where I've butt back. I've never ever said anything offensive, but it was just a point in biting back. It's just, there's no point. There really isn't any point. Um, and I think that's why these people do it. They just want a reaction. So you're giving into them and, you know, I fell into that trap. Yeah, yeah, it's like the whole, um, <clears throat> it's like the whole thing I preach kind of like if somebody has a problem, like if somebody has a problem with you, that's them that's got the problem with you. You've probably never even thought of them in your life, but they're the ones that actually have the problem. So as long as you don't have a problem with them, there's nothing for you to worry about. But obviously that is a lot easier said than done for not just some people, but for everybody. That's So everybody has that one or two things that like you shouldn't have really said that and then they click and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that and all this sort of stuff. You do, absolutely. But um, a completely different question, completely off topic. Would you diet juice or fizzy juice or full sugar juice? Sorry. If you asked me right up to twenty twenty one, I'd say full sugar because the whole diet thing's absolutely disgusting and tastes minging. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I drink at all that is diet or whatever is Red Bull. I probably have one of these every two days. It's a sugar free one. Uh, it's got no fat, no carbs, no sugar. So it's obviously got sweeteners. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. I don't drink like I don't drink uh, like Coke or Iron Brew or or anything like that. It's really just you know if I'm getting a can of Red Bull or water. I'm really bad in coffee, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't I wouldn't have decaf coffee if you compared it to that. 
But uh, I would say that I think diet's a little bit better overall in the macros. However, some studies say that um, sweeteners aren't as good for you. So it just depends. I don't think, I think the whole answer is too much of anything can make you sick. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think it's when it comes to sh- too much sugar, they say like sugar is 10 times more addictive than a certain, you know, a certain thing. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it out of that. But the thing is with sugar is that it's because it breaks, for, for me, for example, it breaks out of my skin. It does all this sort of stuff. So I can't actually have sugar. But sweetener, it still kind of does the same thing. But like it, you kind of feel, because a lot of people don't know that sweetener actually has a lot of antidepressants in it. So like when you have things like that, it's like um, aspartam and all this sort of stuff. So when you do drink it, you actually do feel, when you drink diet juice, you feel kind of like, you've got the energy, but you feel, you feel like relaxed at the same time. Whereas if you drink like full sugar Red Bull, you'll know yourself that, it literally blows your mind you know what i mean it's 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 like a it's like adrenaline rush type thing it's crazy yeah and only do it taste better i think that's fact that anything with real sugar and it does taste better but um you can get your sugar hits from natural sources and fruit um, yeah. do you eat a lot of fruit yourself or i do yeah i do obviously i try not too much because obviously too much carbs and stuff in certain fruits but um yeah i have a pineapple um every day some raspberries some i'll change it up as well not too much but i do have fruit every day in my diet yeah yeah i do want to get into that it's a little bit was uh, what is what does your fitness regime look like from like a monday to well um how often do you train at the gym is it is it just six days i, tra- I train yeah so everybody's right and wrong i train monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday um the way I do it is my Monday and my Tuesdays, full body days. So I'll do like two chest exercises, two triceps, two biceps, two back, two legs, two core, um, two chest or whatever, if I've not already said that. And then the next day I'll go on and do two completely different chest exercises, you know? So if I've done press and flies, um, today I'll do incline and decline. Mm-hmm. Um, then on the Wednesday, I do strictly cardio and core. So I don't lift any weights at all on the Wednesday. I don't even pick up a single dumbbell. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that's when I start the con- concentrated exercises, like your buys and tries, your your chest and sorry, chest and tries, buys and back, and probably legs and core. Yeah, the classic so, gym bro workout type. Yeah, thing. but I don't do that every day. I like to do that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, take the Sunday off. As I said, I'll have a cheap meal on a Sunday, whether I'm taking my girlfriend out for a meal um, or or we'll make she likes to bake a lot so sometimes she'll make like a batch of brownies and i'll end up scanning them but like all through the rest of the day i'll be healthy oh that's some yeah that's that's a girlfriend you need to have brownies <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> a, to be fair she's a personal trainer so that keeps me going you know oh, yeah, we're, we're, we bounce off each other so i'd probably say i've got it a little bit easier in terms of diet because we we don't really we can't really get complacent because of both of our jobs yeah you kind of need to be like not in like incredible shape, but you could need to do it as working for a football team. You kind of need to be in good shape because most other people, most other people I say, work for football teams do look really good. So you kind of want to look like them. Exactly. And that was what motivated me to try and get back into the hardcore diet and stuff. You know, you've got sports science guys that are, we've got a, we've got a physio who's just, he look, he's solid. <laughs> he's, he's a machine. Uh, so yeah, it, it motivates you. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, so just before I get onto your tattoos, I do want to ask you about them. Where's okay. where's the first place you're going to travel to when we can officially travel? Oh, I want to go to Rome. I really want to go oh. to Rome. Yeah. Oh. Um, 
that's been the topic of um, me and my girlfriend, where we want to go, just Rome, Italian food, Italian culture, visiting. I've never ever been to Italy, so I just want to visit the, the you know, the Colosseum and, and look into the history of the Romans and all that. Yeah, so you, do you do you go on holiday for that type of thing, like to look at, or do you go on holiday to get, you know, to get drunk or anything like that, or is it more, I want to look at travel and like adventurous kind of holidays? Yeah, I can't sit in my backside, you know, I probably borderline ADHD. I really <laughs> cannot sit in my backside. I like to get up, I like to explore, I like to go places um, and feel a worth, you know, I've been there, I've done this. And, you know, when somebody says, did you do this? Nah, i never really done that, I just stayed in the house. That's mm. not me. That's yeah. not me. So, um, for me, it's all about going and visiting places and getting around locations and, and enjoying it. So, yeah, I'm going there for the sights. I'm going there for the food. I'm going there for the culture. That's 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 awesome. Yeah, where your tattoos? I see by the camera you do have quite a few. Yeah, I'll show you what I can. So <laughs> that there is my that was a dream, of course, Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So and we've got the so it starts off obviously you get the lights, the Hollywood sign. The mountains, the palm trees, down to the kind of boulevard, and then, yeah, mm -hmm. ironically, a, a Hollywood star with said name on it. Yeah. I, I am actually going to, I'm actually going to get a skull over that, um, and go with the whole Hollywood dead theme, even though it's not, you know, I, I don't. Do I think I've gave up an acting? No, but do I think I make Hollywood? Probably not. So, um, you never but I still love that too. So you know, and I love the theme. So this arm is all meanings. It's all. So it starts with a rose, which obviously symbolizes love, mm -hmm. family, mm -hmm. and the tiger means strength. That's my pug, Leo's paw, his real paw. Awesome. Um, and that there says Nana with the little bank sibling. Yeah, yeah. So that's all meaningful. My Nana passed a fair few years ago, and she was she was the only ginger in the family. And mm -hmm. um, so that's where my redhead comes from. So I'll never ever forget her. And then I've got a couple more um, Roman numerals, initials on my chest. Yeah. Don't worry, I won't ask you to start stripping enough. I won't do that, but there is some. There is some. But I love I love tattoos. I think if you I think now modern society tattoos are a lot more accepted. If they're not, you know, football nature and stuff like that, you know. Mm. Um yeah. Especially if they're not all over your face and that, because a lot a lot of people I do know people that will have them and they're like, Oh, I didn't get the job, and it's probably because you know, because of the tattoos, and you have to say to them, Oh, it's not, it's maybe because you're not done this or not done that and in the back of their head I think they know it's like yeah because I got tattoos that cover my face no company necessarily unfortunately not a lot of companies want that type of thing you know what I mean yeah I I mean I'd, I've always been scared I've never got any here see my bottom of my arms so if I have to wear a, a jumper or something I roll my sleeves up you wouldn't actually see I've got tattoos but no I'll never ever have any like there I don't think I'll ever get my forearms either chest and torso and that yeah but I think right down to my elbow is probably enough but I can't hide them. Yeah. Um, but then if anybody asks me about my tattoos and all the meanings behind them and, you know, what's the difference with having a tattoo to going and buying a, a Van Gogh piece and putting it up on your wall? A hundred percent, yeah. You know, if, if it's not offensive and if it's not football related or whatever and can cause controversy, I don't see why, why you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think My that... dad's getting a tattoo today. My, my old man's getting a tattoo today. He's getting Angus Young. Little ACDC guitar player. Yeah, yeah. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. So wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. The thing, the thing is, though, what a lot of people is that, and I've never quite understood this myself, is they get the whole like jagged lines that start, like for instance, here, and then it goes all the way across their body, and you're like, oh, what does that mean? I'm like, oh, it just looks cool, and it's like, 
you know, shouldn't you necessarily, you know, like yourself, get something that's like you look at it every day and you're like, I know what that means, and it keeps you going rather than just random tattoos that mean nothing. You know what I mean? It's just some people just love ink. Mm. Some people just love it, love the sensation of it, love doing it, love get addicted to it, um, enjoy different pieces of art. So yeah, I guess I don't know, whatever, whatever tickles everybody's fancy, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, I appreciate your time. It means a lot. It means a lot to like for you to take time out of your day to you know spend with somebody like myself and be my number one podcast, like my very first podcast, I could you say. I'm looking forward to it. Make sure you give us a shout when you're putting it out and when um you want us to share it and stuff like that. And we'll make sure we. I'll push it out there as much as I can. Yeah, I appreciate that. Is there anywhere, like, um, anything you would like to plug before we go? Anything you're doing or you want to, like, you know, people to come along to a certain thing? Is there anything you would like to say or...? Just everybody to get on Kyle Mercer's podcast. Follow <laughs> it. Anybody that's watching, you know, get on. Give them, give them your time. Um, I think your questions, I think your, your um, preparation's been fantastic. Um, and I hope that grows massively so that's what i'm plugging i appreciate that man it means a lot it means a lot again for someone like yourself i guess it's because you're from you're not from like the 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 you know the kind of like famous life so you don't like as in you weren't born into like loads and loads of money and stuff so you know what it takes to like for example myself to build up such a great thing to be able to hit that level where you're like people then come and you appear on certain things and that i'm still growing i'm still i'm nowhere near where i want to be oh, so no. so uh yeah, that's it. That's it. You're spot on. I'm humble, um, and you're humble, and that will stick with us forever if we live like that. Yeah, you're very humble, to be honest. Very, very humble. It's nice. It's nice to see. But, um, do you have any social media you like you like people to follow at all? I just follow, follow the Aki's um, on Twitter, so the Aki's FC. Um, keep up to date with the 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 usual um, cockroaches of Scottish football that love to dig themselves out of a grave every single year and. You know, everybody writes us off, but the passion and commitment of this club is setting to none. And, you know, it's in our hands now. You know, we were wrote off a few weeks ago. We've got two games left. And if we win them, we're out of it. We're 10. Mm. So uh, here's hoping Aki's do the unthinkable once more. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, thank you very much. And I appreciate your time. Thank you. No, brilliant, Kyle. Thank you. Thank you.